Welcome to Mental Health Film Comment. This is Brian here with you. The 13th Step is a 2016 documentary directed and produced by Monica Richardson, a critical look at Alcoholics Anonymous and mostly AA, I, I think, from what I could see of the movie. Jo joining us today is recovery coach and founder of Recovery Revolution, uh, Corlin Martin. Um, Corlin, thank you for being here today. I appreciate it. Hey, thanks for having me. Now, there was um, more about Recovery Revolution. There was uh, more of a description as far as you, you um, pr prior to, go to going on, you said it was a, a platform to change how we talk about recovery by because I, I think I just mentioned the, the, the brief version. What, what was the-, the... Oh, yes. Uh, yeah. So um, uh, the recovery revolution is my platform to change the way we talk about addiction by focusing on healing and support for the partners, families, and loved ones of those who are suffering from mental health problems and substance abuse. So I, I believe that uh, the more we as a society which includes relationships, intimate relationships, family relationships, the more that we as a society can understand and relate to addiction in a practical, pragmatic way, rather than from a place of judgment or shame as is the current prevalent model. Um, the, the sooner we can do that, the, the sooner we can help people who are considered sick, who are suffering from a disease and need help. Uh, something that I've said before is that every other, every other disease uh, it's real easy to find advocates. Um, my, my stepdad had ALS, which uh, Lou Gehrig's disease, which is awful. Um, and he had that for seven years before he died. And my mother was an advocate for him. All our family became advocates. People stepped up to the plate and sought the care that he could get, went to, um, went to protests and things, went to rallies to try to, yeah. to lobby for more research, things like that, more, more yeah. uh, insurance coverage, et cetera. People who struggle with addiction, we don't they don't have that. Mm -hmm. uh, our society does not have advocates for people in addiction the way that they should, but we mm -hmm. do have a big heaping spoonful of shame on our plate. And it does our entire society a disservice. Definitely. And, and all of what you just stated are definitely valid points that, that we're going to be talking about this episode. And uh, shame in particular has been talked about on, on prior episodes. I know that that has been a, a recurring theme. So um, definitely, definitely a, a lot to um, talk about. Now, this podcast is... I don't like to say commentary track necessarily because I know people have said to me, Brian, this isn't a commentary track. And, and, and so you'd be right. It's not a commentary track. It is more of, well, sometimes it is, but in this case, it'll be more of a, a discussion. And the reason that it is in this format, so you can watch it, watch the movie while you're listening to the podcast is to remind you that you're not alone. I know many people listening will say, what do you mean I'm not alone? Of course I'm, I'm alone, I'm the only one here. What I mean by that is if you don't have anyone to watch a movie with, if you don't have anyone to go to a movie with, then movie watching is a solitary or a solo activity. And, and so if you would like to bring up the 13th step movie, and I believe it's on, on Tubi and I think Hoopla also, um, I will watch the movie with you. Uh, Coraline will be here watching the movie with you. It might not be the whole movie, 
uh, but we'll be here keeping keeping you company so that you will not be alone for a, a little while. Um, I wanted to mention briefly a couple of resources up front. I know that there's a crisis text line. In the US, you can text HOME, H-O-M-E, to 741741. In the UK, you can text SHOUT, S-H-O-U-T, to 85258. Depending on where you are in the world, I believe there are some other text lines, so check your local listings, as they say. Um, so, Carlin, thank you for being here today. I appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for having me. Now, the 13th step is somewhat of a counterpoint in many ways to a movie like uh, 28 Days, the mm -hmm. one with Sandra, Sandra Bullock, and very much a um, critical look at AA specifically, but also the the uh, very the variance of the twelve step program. Right. I so I think uh, I I think they do in, in it in the thirteenth step, which I won't ruin the ending. <laughs> but I did already see it, um, but the it does address other 12 step organizations as well. Um, and yeah, it is definitely a, a response. It's a response mm -hmm. not only to that, to, to movies like 28 days or any other movie where someone goes to rehab, frankly, but um, it's also a response. And I think a, a necessary and welcome response to how our society and people within it, as well as our governments um, interact with and understand, and I use the word understand loosely, um, uh, how we interact with and understand 12-step programs, what we think they really are versus what they are in, in actuality, what they, what they, what they really uh, serve versus what we expect of them. Um, and, and I think that's a conversation that we need to be having. I think that's mm -hmm. something that people need to be um, waking up to at this point. I mean, that's why I started the recovery revolution. I know sure. a lot of other people are on similar missions as well. Well, cause one of my, um, uh, prevalent experiences with, uh, and not naming names, but in that, in that 12 step tradition is just a very, I don't want to say cold. Well, yeah, I'll say it cold and clinical, uh, not very, warm and welcoming, but just very, you know, cold and, and clinical and very uh, step fruity wife, if that makes, you know, that makes sense. Um, very much, uh, and I, I'm not a fan of this term, but a lot of um, Kool-Aid drinker sort of yeah. <laughs> mentality. Um, the, one of the, the, the groups I went to in particular, which, which is a variant of it, there, all the meetings, the majority of the time, this is a two hour meeting, the majority of the time, I kid you not, probably from, and I think it was from like six to eight or seven to nine, like a two hour on a weeknight. I kid you not, the, the first nearly 45 minutes was simply reading, not sharing, nothing about, you know, how I was feeling, what was going on for the, for the week, but simply reading from the book. The mm -hmm. And then yeah. like by the, by the time, you know, the last 10 minutes rolled around, it's like, oh, by the way, you know, when you have to share, it's like, gee, thanks. But by the I'm, way, I'm in crisis actively right now. <laughs> glad we got to read what Beth said in 1983 on yeah. a Tuesday. Yeah. yeah. So that has been my experience. A lot and lot and lots of reading 
reading, not, 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 not sharing, not saying, oh, how are you doing? But just reading. So I, I have been, I have been in some groups where it's been more reading. I've been in groups where it's more sharing and um, either way in, in either of these groups, there's still a, a strict adherence to a certain way, to a way of, of following on your path to a certain, a certain, you're supposed to, I mean, obviously steps, you're supposed to take these specific steps and they are treated as universal and they're not presented as, as open to critique or as open to, um, possibility outside of the steps and how they function Mm -hmm. now um when it comes to religious groups i i don't necessarily agree with it but i can understand Mm -hmm. how someone would say well this is the text we've been using and it's worked really well for us for a few thousand years but 12 steps have only been working if they can even be said to have been working for a few decades and I say if they can be said to be working because statistically speaking, 12 steps do not work for most people. Yeah. Um, it, it does not result in recovery. The, the statistics on recovery in 12 step, um, it's cited differently, but it, based on what study you look at, um, don't look at the one that, that the, the group itself, the, the big group. Um, is going to turn out at you because those are clearly pretty clearly biased from within the group but uh but the the rate of recovery for those who enter into a 12 step 12 step program is statistically about the same as the rate of recovery for those who don't which indicates that the thing that leads to a person's recovery is not the 12 steps the 12 steps can be the tool a person chooses but just as many people seek recovery through other means and succeed in it, which means that the 12 steps are not proven to be effective. They are proven to exist and that's about the extent of it. Um, So the, the fact that we as a society revere them in such this like a very kind of dogmatic and religious way, like you can't, you can't argue with it. It is the way that it works. it's, well, it's not it's not yeah. a fact and that's, yeah, that's the thing that i always have an issue with is the fact that the fact that it's not a fact yeah well well and it's funny you mentioned that because one of the more interesting developments so to speak is in the last five or i don't think it, yeah maybe about five ten years no no earlier than that is i've seen this this other group popping up recently that you, you may have heard of a uh, celebrate recovery where it's a Mostly I've seen it in evangelical and non, non-denominational churches. I'm, I'm sure it might be in some Catholic churches, but it's basically the, 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 their whole rationale is, oh, well, the, all the 12-step A stuff is all saying about the higher power, which is Jesus and God. So let's call it Jesus and God. That's their rationale. And, and conversely, there has been the flip side of that, where you have groups like uh, Rational Recovery and Smart Recovery, mm-hmm. where you've got, on, on one side of it, the ones who are just saying, okay, well, that let's call that higher power what it is. <laughs> and then you have, on the flip side of that, the ones who say, you know what, let's not call the higher power at all. You know, let's just yeah. find another avenue. Well, I do know, I do know Smart Recovery is not technically 12-step. Mm-hmm. Um, the smart recovery leaves a lot more room for um, 
for different approaches. Okay. It's more, and then there's also, I forget what it is, moderation management, I think, okay. which is similar. And it's another um, group where it's, it's not about your failure, it's about your process, okay. right? Cool. And groups like that, I think are, are a welcome response to 12-step programs. Um, as far as their prevalence, unfortunately, they just, they just don't have the publicity. Um, mm. Unfortunately, AA is synonymous with, with recovery, which is appalling because it's about as effective as it, it's like, here's an example. I'm a terrible runner. I had orthopedic surgeries when I was a teenager. Oh. I literally had to sit oh. out running at gym class. Yeah. But if you chase me, I technically can run. If I became the face of track and field, that would be ridiculous. Yeah. Just because I ran a couple of times in my life does not mean I am mm -hmm. any kind of an, yeah. an expert yeah. in a field uh, no. that I just happen to have been, a, you know, adjacently oriented with. Just because yeah. they use the word recovery a lot and have a lot of people attending their church does not mean that they are an effective recovery out mm -hmm. outlet. Like, True. True. And and, the other, and and you touched on a very good point because it does get um, frustrating to see recovery and 12-step be made as not necessarily a punchline per se, but sometimes it is treated as a punchline and it is treated in a way that becomes stereotypical. I know that there have been countless movies, countless, you know, 20, 28 Days being a prime example. Uh, and I'm not knocking 28 Days, I think it's a good movie, um, but more in, in reference to its depiction of 28 Days. Um, it's sort of become a, a plot device in a, right. lot of, in a lot of movies. And, it, and, it, and, and in doing so, it minimizes the, the importance of recovery by having it be such a, such a cliche that's mm -hmm. sort of perceived in a movie to be such you know so easy and it's not as easy as it's often portrayed right it, well something that i noticed about 28 days was the the emphasis and i think the incredibly unfair to anyone yeah. who's ever struggled with addiction oh. the the very unfair um emphasis on sandra bullock's character as the one that's screwing up yeah yeah and it's not just it's not just that movie. I know you already did an episode on that movie. There yeah. are so many others though, um, where the emphasis is on someone screwing up. And I think that with the thirteenth step, it points out that people struggling with addiction are not the same as people making bad choices. Because something that 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 documentary emphasized was that people who end up in the legal system or the criminal justice system mm -hmm. for all different kinds of crimes mm -hmm. end up getting sent to AA, even if alcohol was not associated or was not mm -hmm. involved in the crime they committed. And to treat addiction, recovery, uh, people who are in recovery mm -hmm. and, and people who are committing serious, oftentimes violent crimes against other human beings as being the same thing mm -hmm. is really a it it's disgusting it's not mm -hmm. it's not the same issue mm -hmm. it's not the same it's not the same thing and i think that the 12-step programs in presenting addiction and substance abuse as being faults and failures mm -hmm. it lines it right up perfectly 
with the same level of of criminality as someone being you know a sex offender or a, a child molester or a, a a physical like a you know batterer of some kind or you know yeah. like a, a physically violent person or someone who is involved in like different levels of violent crime mm. now someone who struggles with with substance abuse or or even with certain mental health issues can then engage in certain criminal activity however the the substance the the substance use is not indicative of criminal behavior and the does that make sense it does and that was something that was uh, troubling to, to say the least that they're basically they being the court system and the government and different um you know plea, plea bargains in many cases where someone who commits a heinous crime is uh, often gets a minimized sentence if they go to aa and and they, and they have their 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 sheet signed you know right. to do their community and, service and it it's silly because for one thing recovery shouldn't be considered a community service. Mm -hmm. If you're putting someone who is not committed to their recovery in the first place into a recovery group, regardless of if it's AA or any other group, mm -hmm. um, that seeking, seeking healing and help for yourself, mm -hmm. that's, that's something you should be doing anyway. That's not community Correct. service. Correct. If anything, putting someone who's not willing to do that work into a group of people who are trying to be vulnerable and trying to seek a place that is safe for themselves mm -hmm. uh, is, is a community disservice. Oh, absolutely. Um, and and the, the layered problem that we find in, in, this, uh, in this documentary, The 13th Step, is that not only are the courts doing this, they're sending people to AA, they're sending people to different, um, different groups to get, to get their sheets signed and things like that. Um, but that then AA itself or different 12 step programs are not because, because of the anonymous nature of the program, they mm. cannot disclose to the other people in attendance mm. what's occurring. And it, it's, it reminds me very much of things that have, uh, that have occurred within other religious organizations, sure. um, whether it's the Catholic church harboring known mm. uh, repeat offenders mm. or um, uh, Jehovah's Witnesses, uh, tons of different um, religious, like either religious groups, extremist groups, cults, mm -hmm. things like that. They're notorious for, you know, covering the covering up for their own, yeah. protecting their own, it, no matter what happens. And this idea that AA uh, owes it to everyone to not disclose issues that may jeopardize others' safety. It really just suggests that they prioritize the anonymity and safety of people who put others at risk over the the anonymity and safety of those who are at risk and that's not a nurturing safe group that's not a group that it would no. i mean that anyone should feel comfortable jumping into being vulnerable seeking recovery from um and and it seems like an easy problem to solve it's the fact that they seem unwilling to solve it um, which also brings me to something that I often talk about, which is that AA is not a recovery program. It's a church. Mm -hmm. 
True. Well, yeah, because with the higher power, I mean, what else would the higher power be? It's 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 one of the most you know Captain Obvious euphemisms <laughs> I've ever heard. What else would the higher power be? I've had so I <laughs> I've talked to people who are atheist, agnostic, uh, yeah. skeptics who've gone to AA or gone through. 12 step programs and they say oh my higher power was the group and like that's what a cult (laughs) member says yeah yeah Um, my higher power is my wife my higher power is nature i mean you can find things that are higher power but the i think the thing that makes it religious in nature and and that's always what people emphasize is the higher power (laughs) mentioned spiritual the the very blatant spiritual aspect yeah but beyond that that it's not just the blatant spiritual aspect that makes it a religiously structured organization but the the beyond that and and you could use more severe words but um beyond that the the emphasis on following certain protocols certain behaviors in in an organization that is not is not officially it's not a fraternity you know it's not the order of the eagles it's (laughs) it's not the freemasons yeah it's it's not a club I think yeah. they want it to be presented as a club, but they they manage and treat it like a church, yeah. and and the people who are in it because they have the twelfth step, which is to go yeah. and spread the word. Yeah. Um, that's witnessing. In Christianity, True. that's referred to as witnessing. True. Um, and it is where you go out and you tell people this is the word of AA. I mean, yeah. you would say yeah. the word of God. This is the, yeah. the, the have you heard the good news? Have you heard yeah. the gospel? Yeah. Have you read the big book? It's yeah. the exact same thing. It doesn't matter if you choose the word. Exactly. The the structure and the function of recruiting, of yeah. of sharing and and seeking out using using its current members to go yeah. and get new members. Yeah. There's absolutely nothing separating it yeah. from being a religion or worse than yeah. that, a an extremist religion. Yeah. I don't want to use the key right. word. Well, one one of the things I, I, that yeah, it applies. <laughs> One of the things that really stuck out in me watching the thirteenth uh, step was how much uh, big business there is in it. Whether it's the the corporate headquarters where she was, I mean, that was a huge high rise building. Right. You know, probably I don't know what what level floor that was on the building, and even the. There was one scene where some, where a mother was looking at like the hospital, the, you know, the rehab bills and all the zeros in in that house. And I, I don't know if that was before insurance or after, but irregardless, that's a lot of money. Right. <laughs> and and that's, that's the thing that I think people often overlook, especially in America, where we have yeah. this idea that churches are are separate. Mm-hmm or or are not uh, or, you know they're tax exempt they're doing this it's a, it's a non-profit organization yeah. it's a religious organization aa i think is a is a is it a 501c3 i, believe I think it is yeah non-profit. Mm-hmm. um but a non-profit organization still makes money they and do. the people working there still make money and you can have a non-profit organization yeah. where everyone is making really good money yeah and and currently uh, AA 12 step programs, um, which, which originated with AA. Mm-hmm. Um, so AA is, is frankly the most, the most prevalent. Um, it, it's a monopoly. They have a monopoly within mm-hmm. the recovery industry. The fact that when you send a loved one to rehab, um, pretty much every single one includes some aspect of 12 step recovery, mm-hmm. which isn't scientifically medically founded in any way. 
it's not it's not good science it's not good medicine there's nothing indicating that it actually works but it's something at every single rehab facility except for a, there's a few i've i've been doing a lot of research because yeah. i'm trying to find yeah. ones that don't include it in their curriculum as it were mm-hmm. and there are a few that are making a making a deliberate point to say this is not 12 step yeah. we do not include anything 12 step we don't do anything like it there's um do, do you mind if I if I give a little a little oh, like shout out to oh, one? Yeah. Definitely. Uh, so there's one actually in uh, Palm Desert, California, called the Killaby Center. It's run mm-hmm. by Scott Killaby, and it uh, it's a mindfulness approach, mm-hmm. which is similar to some of the work that I do with partners and families. Mm-hmm. That's that's a lot of the origin of my own work, and that's why when I yeah. when I found that they're doing this work as well, that a majority of their recovery work is through um, the, the practice of mindfulness and, and it, and it works, it, it works, it's studied, it's proven to work and it's more effective. And it, it, it's included in a lot of different recovery centers, but the Killaby center is one where that is their, their primary focus. Yeah, there, there is, de- so there is, for, sorry. Yeah. yeah, there is definitely a growing body of evidence for mindfulness. Yeah. Not right. only in the last, I mean, quite frequently, just even browsing newspapers and magazines, it's it's not uncommon to see more and more studies and more and more articles about mindfulness. It's yeah. it's gotten more, um, you know, integrated or or, or mainstreamed. Mainstream, into... yeah, definitely. Well, I mean, the the funny thing is, the way I got into mindfulness was through an app. <laughs> I think a lot of people nowadays that's yeah. how they get uh, it. But uh, I I started it through the 10% happier app, mm, yeah. uh, which is based on the book, Meditation for Fidgety Skeptics. And I was yeah. like, hmm. <laughs> I, I looked at it skeptically yeah. and I was like, okay, yeah. I'll try it. And yeah. I was like, oh wait, 10% yeah. happier. That's based on a statistic. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I'm and, yeah. and yeah, uh, at the Killaby Center, it's it's mostly based on self-inquiry. Yeah. So it's that sort of discovery process mm. of breaking down your own uh, ego structure, mm-hmm. which, once you do that, you don't have anything to hold up an addiction anymore. Yeah. And you end up with a much happier, peaceful framework mm-hmm. and and a, a healthier basis mm-hmm. by which you can live the rest of your life. Mm-hmm. Whereas with 12 step, the reason that they say it works if you work it is because if you stop working it, it stops working. Yeah. That's and if you stop working it and it stops working, that means it didn't work in the first place. Well that's almost <laughs> like yeah, it's almost like if yeah, and it's like if something works, it should work regardless. Like if you if you stick some you know a, a you know some microwave popcorn in, in the microwave, and it's supposed to work. It doesn't work only if you say popcorn pop. It works if you press the button on the microwave for popcorn or whatever. Yeah, when the, you take the popcorn out of the microwave, it doesn't yeah. suddenly become kernels once it's yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. So it's that, popped. And that's the problem is that 12 step does not pop your corn. Correct. Yeah, that, that, that sounds dirty. Uh, now, 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 what I did want to mention, and I've been, I guess, fortunate, or you know, I'm not sure what the word would be, is having some really good guests, and and you would be a good guest, um, oh, definitely. And and the reason I say that is mental health and working through all this mental health stuff, it can be messy. It can really be messy. And the reason I say that is, I know many people listening might feel attacked or offended or whatnot. And I think it's important to point out that what you're talking about is the the, the system of AA. It's not 
anyone specifically. Um, so I think that's, a, that's an important distinction to, to make is that a lot of the criticisms you're making, a lot of the criticisms of the movie are not against any people <laughs> per se, individuals, but it's specifically intended for the the program. The I think that's itself, the, and not only the institution, but the the rigidity, the mm -hmm. rigidity with which the efficacy of the program is presented. Mm -hmm. True. Um, that's that's my issue with it. It's not if you want to join a church, I have absolutely no problem with that. If you want to join a group and it makes you feel better and you like going there and you enjoy sharing and you enjoy following along the steps, you enjoy the reading, uh, do what makes you happy, do what you enjoy. But if what makes you happy includes you telling others that what makes you happy will work for them and will yeah. make them happy, and that is not a guarantee or a fact. Yeah. That is that is a case of of uh, uh, dishonesty, frankly. It's yeah. it, it's deceitful at worst, mm -hmm. and at best you just don't have any integrity. And that's my issue with it. I'm absolutely mm -hmm. fine with people attending twelve step, but just like people can attend twelve step, people mm -hmm. should be equally encouraged mm -hmm. to seek out what works for them. And that's the issue that I have with a lot of the rhetoric that is passed around within twelve step. Because when you tell someone, keep coming back, it works yeah. if you work it, <laughs> yeah. you don't tell them, hey, go to therapy if that seems like it might be better. That's just not yeah. a fun thing for yeah. people. Exactly. And, and that's a problem. That's a problem. When you present that your solution is the solution, mm -hmm. that is, that's deceptive. It's deceptive and it actually, it harms people. And I know that's not anyone's goal, mm -hmm. but it is what happens. And as responsible adults who are trying to fess up and own our, own our shit, yeah, as it, yeah. as it were, which yeah. everyone in recovery, that's kind of the goal, right? It's like, yeah, like, yeah. Let's own our bullshit. Like, <laughs> yeah. Let's be yeah. like, okay, I, you're right. I'm yeah. being full of shit. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, don't be full of shit at people. If you're yeah. in recovery and you're being full of shit at people and saying, Hey, mm -hmm. my way is the only way that's just, more shit correct. you're just piling on more shit on top of the correct. shit you just cleared out like correct like and you, it, like you had a shopping habit and then you got over that and so mm -hmm. you started like pooping in the house like yeah. no correct and 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 that touches upon what i had mentioned towards the beginning of the show to remind people that, that you're not alone now when i say you're not alone it doesn't always it doesn't only mean you're not alone if you're dealing with bipolar, depression, addiction issues, but, but it also means you're not alone if you go to a 12-step group and you're just not feeling it. Right. That's something where it's important to know that, that you're not alone with how you're feeling about that. And it's so easy to feel like, to feel like you don't have any other options, mm -hmm. especially because I feel like, it, not I feel like, it's a fact. In mm -hmm. almost any, any city in the country, especially any major city, you can find multiple AA meetings a night. It, it's difficult to find a single smart recovery meeting that's convenient Correct. for you on your schedule. It's mm -hmm. difficult to find any other form of free support mm -hmm. that that's accessible for people. Mm -hmm. So that's part of the problem as well, is we don't have accessible resources for people sure. in the same way that we have AA being fully accessible yeah and i mean yeah if your only options are church or a different kind of church, <laughs> it's not church yeah. like, there's not a lot left for for the people for whom that doesn't necessarily work whether it's uh -huh. because of a spiritual disagreement with the way AA is structured uh whether you're atheist agnostic or 
if it's just that, you know, you don't agree with it fully. Like, cause frankly, I used to identify very firmly as atheist. I've, I've since kind of opened my brain a bit more and I, I would say <laughs> I'm eclectically spiritual. But yeah. That's just cause I'm in my thirties now. Yeah. Um, and, and that wasn't really, that wasn't the thing that turned me off to, to the 12 step programs. It wasn't, yeah. it wasn't the higher power. That's what it was when I was younger. When I was younger, I was like, higher power. No, yeah. I'm the highest power. In both. No, it's fine. Yeah, I get it. Yeah. Like the sun is larger than I am. That's fine. Um, but the thing that turned me off was uh, language, like asking the higher power to, mm-hmm. um, to remove our defects of character. Yeah. Because I personally, what I've learned in my own healing is that judging yourself for where mm-hmm. you were before you had more tools to be able to mm-hmm. handle life's yeah. you know, obstacles or whatever it was throwing at you, mm-hmm. uh, judging yourself does not heal you. Yeah. Judging yourself does not make you feel better. It doesn't give you more emotional resources. Yeah. It doesn't, it doesn't make you more friends. It doesn't make you more money. Yeah. It doesn't make your house bigger. Yeah. All it does is make you feel like shit about yourself. Yeah. yeah well, one yeah. of the one of the things that I, that I've always had an issue with, as far as that statement, you know, the the higher power to remove our defects, is it basically says to God, "Hey, God, you've got some some children of God who are, you know." So you're saying to God, God "Oh, so you you're up. yeah." So that's essentially what you're you saying. Stop, to, can you stop fucking up my yeah. life. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, I mean, how, so yeah, so that's right there. You're saying to God, oh, by the way, you know, so that's one of the issues I have with that is you're saying to God, oh, one of your child, one of your, your children of God is not of your creation. So mm-hmm. Why would you, why would you tell someone that? And that's, that's why I think, that's why I think that with alternative approaches, especially mindful approaches, yeah. it's so much healthier. Yeah. It's more fun. Well, it gets you to a better place yeah. because it's about accepting where you are. Yeah. And I know that that's something that they do talk about in AA and in 12 step, the, the idea of living life on life's terms, like accepting reality for what it is, yeah. but they can say that all they want. And those are great aphorisms mm-hmm. to spew out when yeah. convenient, but mm-hmm. that's not, it's not held up by the foundation of the group's philosophy. Yeah. And if they want it to be, they need to adjust. They need to, they need to change the steps. They need to, to you know, uh, step up to the plate and and join us in the 21st yeah. century. As far as like, Correct. okay, these these are things we know actually work. Mm-hmm. You can you can adjust the way you talk about stuff. You can adjust the phrasing on some of these things so that it yeah. works for more people. So that it works. Period. Universally, mm-hmm. so that it's yeah. philosophically consistent. So that it's even semantically consistent. Because yeah. the 12 steps are kind of kind of a mess. Yeah. Um, and they're, they're just not, um, they're not consistent. Yeah. Uh, and, especially and, when it comes yeah. to the, the way they talk about other aspects of recovery. Uh, and all of what you're talking about is in the context of, you know, mental health, you know, treatment and awareness and recovery, just going at a snail's pace as far as, things that need to be done that aren't being done that are moving at a horse and buggy pace and and that's in that context where a lot of what you're talking about is taking place (laughs) it's like we're we're working with and and the movie touched upon this that the the 13th step is that aa originally started in the aftermath of prohibition 
Now you're talking about a, an era of time when Orson Welles did the War of the Worlds, and people were thinking, "Oh, you know, aliens are landing on on, on you know on, on Earth." So a you had people who a were not that uh, educated, not knocking people who were alive in the 1930s, but you did not have much you know competition or or um, alternatives. You had well, at the time it was incredibly progressive, and it was yeah. great for was when it was and the thing is in within recovery within mental health we should be appreciative of the step of the 12 steps yeah. but it needs to be a step it is not the last word yeah. it's not the it's not the final step it's yeah. a step on the path and for for an organization that emphasizes the path to recovery yeah. they really <laughs> get off that one stone that they've been standing yeah. on for almost a year yeah, I, I don't, you know, and, and I think that there should be um, like, like, and I feel the same way with, you know, not to bring politics into this, but like, you, know, you have like two, you know, the twiddle D party and twiddle dumb party. And conversely, <laughs> with, you know, recovery, it's like you have AA a, 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 and then AA and AA. And, and yeah, it's like, that's yeah. it. It's like, those are your, those are your dumb party and i was like well they're both the tweedle dumb yeah party. yeah so, see, see i, I dodged that i dodged that pretty well yeah you could go well okay so your partner is an alcoholic well you could go to al-anon or you could go to coda and it's like yeah. those are the same thing. <laughs> yeah those are the same thing like yeah you named it different things because a different lady started the other one it's yeah. the same the exact yeah. same thing yeah and and there's also so there's also a uh what is it? I think it's called refuge recovery mm -hmm. and it's more of a Buddhist interpretation of the 12 mm -hmm. step, but it's once yeah. again, it's like celebration recovery. It's still <laughs> the 12 steps. Yeah. Oh. Like it's like if wheels originally were like octagonal yeah. and someone just kept making octagonal wheels yeah. and no one ever thought like, Hey, we could round this out. We could yeah. invent the wheel though. We yeah. haven't invented the wheel. We've yeah. reinvented the shittiest wheel, yeah. which was the first step. And that's fine. Mm. The first yeah. step, we got to take it. But then the next step needs to be something progressive, something yeah. new, a new series of of either principles to guide us yeah. or a new a new you know structure to recovery, a new method, whether that's a mindfulness approach or whatever yeah. it may be. Uh, but something needs to lead us into actually having a functional and and reliable method by which people can consistently receive and experience results sure. and that's i'm not to not to bring it full circle and make it all about me <laughs> but that's why i started the recovery revolution yeah. because metaphorically i want to emphasize metaphorically but uh my feelings toward the recovery industry as a whole makes me want to break out of a metaphorical molotov yeah. cocktail <laughs> so uh i was like you know what it's time to blow this up because it's yeah. not working none of this is working yeah. And, oh, and exactly. And, and that and that's people it was already going correct. to work for. And that's not a solution. Correct. And that's a large part of why I sort of felt compelled to do this podcast thingy, whatever you want to call it, is to because you're right, a lot of what's what passes for recovery is not recovery at all. Yeah. And, you know, you, I'm sure you've heard the word relapse. I mean, right. if it works, why are, why is there so much relapse? Right. Something that works, you don't have. And, and that's, I do still want to let people accept and understand the idea that relapse is part of recovery, mm -hmm. yeah. that recovery isn't a straight line, you know, yeah, exactly. it, it, ways. but the idea that consuming of a substance or liquor 
is the relapse itself. Mm-hmm. That's not what the relapse is. Yeah. Relapse is when you lose sight or you lose track of your new understanding of being. Mm-hmm. That's that's why things like smart recovery and moderation management and stuff do actually work. You can yeah. you can heal your trauma mm-hmm. and heal your brain and your understanding of things and the way that you interact with the world. You can heal that and then go have a margarita mm-hmm. on Tuesday. Yeah. You can. Yeah. Plenty now, of people do. Yeah. But but we don't hear about the people that do because they don't show up to groups. They don't get quoted in books. Yeah. They don't they're not inspirational stories. They're just people who stopped partying. Mm-hmm. But guess what? All of your friends who stopped partying too hard, they recovered too. Yeah. Those are real recovery stories. Yeah. Those are people who used to go way too hard and stopped going too hard. They figured out how how to not need to go too hard every yeah. single night to feel okay. Sure. And, One, it's the same. Sure. and and we just I think we discount the the prevalence or the prominence of the experience of doing it yourself, which yeah. I think a majority of people probably go through their recovery themselves. Yeah. Um, I say probably I've read statistics on it and a majority of recovery from addiction is either aged out of or a DIY process. Yeah. So why are we not looking to that for the people who are having a harder time? Well, exactly. Why are those not the people we're studying? Right. Like, how did you do that for yourself? Well, I had this epiphany. I realized this thing. I started doing this. This thing started making me feel better. I got a better job. And then someone told me I was, I was nice to them. And it yeah. kind of shifted my perspective. Oh, okay. So maybe nurture helps yeah. people to recover. Maybe... Uh, stability helps people to recover. There's so many different ways we can learn what actually will work. And I mean, we could talk about Rat Park and the things that yeah. have been studied about like how how certain things do actually contribute to recovery other than just indoctrination. Well, but, treating, well, treating people like people. Right. You know, yeah. What a novelty. <laughs> I've had to tell, so had to tell yeah. people that so many times that, uh, yeah, your addicted loved one is a human being. Yeah. And you can treat them like a human being. It's like, what should I do in this instance? Well, what would you do with any other person? I I've seen before I've had people ask me, well, my husband's been missing for 12 hours. What should I do? I say, call the police. Well, but he's been missing before. Okay. Then that means you're, you might end up calling the police more than a regular person, but you don't change your level of understanding of how to treat a human being just because someone is higher risk. Yeah. The key word there is higher risk. Yeah. So you still take that just as seriously. Someone's missing. It doesn't matter if they're missing because they're drunk or if they're missing because yeah. they're dead or if they're missing because they got kidnapped. They're yeah. missing. Like, yeah. it, right. treat them like a human being. Right. Care about them actively. Right. Um, now, one thing I wanted to ask you about today, I can't believe I forgot to ask you. <laughs> uh, and you had alluded to this that everyone asks you about. Um, you had some experience with, with, with vaudeville that yes. you're bringing to. What, um, and, and that speaks to an element, I would, yeah, <laughs> of, of creativity. And, and creativity, I would imagine, is essential for navigating through a lot of this. Uh, it- um, there, that is something that is something that people have that they've been studying now and i actually yeah. i like a lot of Brene brown's work about creativity and yeah. and how that you know fulfills you um for me uh so vaudeville i'm a vaudeville comedian for yes. people who don't know what vaudeville is vaudeville is uh comes from the french vaudeville which means voice of the people but really yeah. vaudeville is 
lowbrow short form comedy. So it's not going to be like your sitcoms necessarily. It's going to be, yeah. think more like your Saturday Night Live, but yeah. live and stupider. Yeah. <laughs> um, you can imagine that's what I do. Yeah. Uh, so I, yeah, I, I travel. I still actually do that. I, I didn't yeah. quit, but I did have to stop for a good period of time because of the pandemic. Uh, yeah. It made my industry illegal because yeah. uh, people were no longer allowed to gra- gather in groups in public yeah. <laughs> to yeah. live shows. Um, so that was actually the reason and, and sort of the, the gift of the pandemic was mm-hmm. that I did have to stop touring. I had to sit at home for a while. I had to support yeah. a loved one into recovery as a result of us losing our jobs for a long time. Yeah. And, and then I realized, oh, this is something that I feel called to and I need to do as well. Yeah. Um, but, but yeah, so within vaudeville, it's vaudeville, but it's also comedy. So that, yeah. there's a lot of crossover with mm-hmm. stand-up comedy, burlesque. Uh, sketch comedy improv comedy i also do all of those things as well that's yeah. all within the vaudeville sort of mm-hmm. uh, yeah umbrella Ugh. and uh i don't know if you're aware comedians are chronically depressed people yeah. um their uh, mental illness plagues the comedy community mm-hmm. it's in, insanely prevalent and mental illness and addiction which i'm sure everyone can think of at least five comedians off the top of their head who've who, who we've lost to addiction and mental illness. Yeah, um, and that's part of the reason that I felt called to this, mm-hmm. I think, because not only have I experienced my own issues with substances and mental illness, mm-hmm. but I, it, this, isn't, this isn't me bragging. Most yeah. of my friends struggle with mental illness and addiction as well. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. You know, I, I just, my, my dance card is full up of people yeah. who aren't being heard, who aren't being understood, and not only are not understood by, by doctors, by therapists, by the recovery industry, but aren't yeah. even understood by each other. Yeah. Even though we all experience it, our society is so overrun with this idea, this idea that we're all islands, that we all should be able to kind of bootstrap ourselves into better mental health. And it's kind of amazing to me that even with comedians, we will, we will throw each other under the bus. I say, we, I don't tend to do that. I've done it before, but it's not my, it's not my go-to, but um, uh, I've had it happen to me. I've, I've done it to others where someone's mental health is too much of a burden on you Mm -hmm. and you kind of feed them to the wolves. And we, as a society, I think, need to get rid of this sort of um very 12-step informed notion Mm -hmm. that you know you can't get help if you don't want it like they have to want help guess what we all want help everyone wants yeah and all those have to seem helpful and the problem with 12-step is that it's not helpful and a lot of people know that Mm -hmm. so this blame sort of emphasis of like well if it didn't work for you it must be something you did wrong Well, it's or, like that, you know, it's yeah. bad for you. It must be your fault in some way. It's very victim blamey in a sense, you know. And it's like that joke about the light bulb. You know, how many you know how many people does it take to change a light bulb one, but it's got to want to change. You know. Oh, now. geez, I don't know that one. That's great. <laughs> oh, how many? What? I guess I'd be like, how many? How many twelve steps? Yeah. How many fill in the blank does it take to change a light bulb one, but it's got to want to change? <laughs> yep. The light bulb has to want to change itself. Yeah. That's- how it works yeah. <laughs> the light bulb is broken it can't change itself. yeah exactly That's the whole point you have a mental yeah. illness the mental illness itself precludes you from getting help <laughs> exactly. you have to have a willing yeah. and and compassionate and committed 
support group mm -hmm. of some kind. And that can be, that can be 12 step mm -hmm. for some, if that's the only group they find that, that can pull them out of it, that's great. But the issue is that it shouldn't just be left to 12 step mm -hmm. because for one thing, it doesn't work for everybody. Mm -hmm. And for another, it's, it, it's not everybody, mm -hmm. not just, it doesn't work, but yeah. not everyone's going to go to a meeting. Mm -hmm. And the, the rhetoric that comes out of it is really alienating mm -hmm. for a lot of people and doesn't work on the, on the other hand. Mm -hmm. But the idea that we do need support is valid. Yeah. I think that's the most Definitely. important thing to learn from 12 step groups Definitely. is that humans need human support. Mm -hmm. Having a support network is, is important. It's crucial. And it's also scientifically proven mm -hmm. to, to increase recovery success. Having a supportive and psychoeducated family unit mm -hmm. increases yeah. your rate of recovery. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. And that's something we can learn from 12 steps because the great, the great thing about that is you're in a group of people mm -hmm. who all agree about something. So you have the same things being reinforced. Yeah. That's the aspect in which 12 step does work mm -hmm. for the people it works for. And we as a society can do the same thing. Mm -hmm. We in our own friend and family groups, we can do the same thing. We can all get mm -hmm. together and decide, okay, what do we agree on? What do we understand? And what is that that's not, oh, well, Joe's an alcoholic. They go, okay, that's not what we agree on. Maybe we agree on, you know, that in this family, we do this to support each other. In this family, right. we do this thing to support each other. We attend this on this night. We read this book together. And even if that person isn't around every single time, yeah. by creating a solid support structure, you give a foundation yeah. for them to right. be able to recover healthily. Okay. And, and like, our entire society could learn that from 12 step. There's a lot they could unlearn, but yeah, you know. Definitely. And, and I'm confident like that. Like AA bashing session. <laughs> definitely. And, and I'm confident that there may be some people listening to this who might, you know, take comfort in knowing that they're not alone in how they feel about, you know, they're, they're you know, not getting the results from, you know, from the out so I'm, I'm confident that there may be well, people listening today i think a lot of people and it's yeah i i think a lot of people will see okay i want to keep going to aa or mm -hmm. i want to keep going to al-anon or i want to keep going to coda or naranon or na or whatever yeah. um i want to keep going because of the people that was the thing mm -hmm. that kept me going was the people the fact yeah. that i had support period mm -hmm. i had a place where i could talk and people understood yeah. me that yeah. is so valuable yeah. that's the part of it that's valuable but the the risk aspect of it not being well regulated and maintained like we yeah. learned in in the 13th step yeah. that's the opposite of valuable and it it cheapens and and kind of uh discredits what 12 steps what 12 step programs could be oh, which is you know a, a just a functional kind of a social group mm -hmm. if i think if they were treated more like a social group a little bit more open-minded accepting of people uh having some different perspectives yeah. and having those open and honest discussions about mm -hmm. those perspectives i think it would be an even more successful group as well oh, um definitely. i know uh one of my very good friends who attends na mm -hmm. uh she attends na and aa and she said that in AA, she mentioned trauma. She had referred to trauma and she was told not to talk about it. As if trauma was not a valid thing to bring up oh. when it comes to addiction recovery. 
And that's, that should be criminal. If you are presenting yourself as a recovery program Mm -hmm. and you discredit proven medical evidence to a cause of the problem you're trying to solve, that you should not get, you shouldn't maintain your status anymore. Yeah, exactly. That's... And, and that's not universal. There are, there are going to be programs where people do, uh, do understand that and do treat that with merit. But yeah. that was something that I really liked that they touched on in the movie, um, in the 13th step was the fact that the people who are, who are running these meetings, the people who are considered like the big, you know, top tier of AA, yeah. Al-Anon, et cetera, are, are just people. Yeah. They don't have yeah. credentials. Their credentials are no more than that they started the program before you did, but they don't go through any specific training. They're, they're not counselors. It, and, and that's okay, but it needs to be more open and honest. And that's, that's why I bring it back to the, the idea of integrity. You need to have integrity and say, I'm not a professional. Definitely. I can't tell you anything yes or no about that. Because I am not a mental health professional. I'm, yeah. I just come to this support group just like you do. And I've been coming here a long time. But Definitely. the amount of times that I hear people say like, oh, well, I went to AA and they gave me some tough love and they told me like it was <laughs> and they kind of laid down the facts. It's like yeah. they're not qualified to lay down facts. At you. Yeah. They, don't, they don't know the facts. They're people. They're just, they're just people equally lost as you are. And it's great to have a support group. But to treat a support group like a medical professional is is irresponsible it's irresponsible with people's lives and with people's understanding of of their own health their own mental Mm -hmm. health and Mm -hmm. and of of science in general like what is real kind of skews your perspective Mm -hmm. right definitely definitely and um now as we wind down um this episode i I did want to mention um a few resources and like you said it's something where i do always want to emphasize the resources people can have those to um to, to to look to for um for assistance with um what they're uh looking for but i know that there's mental health america mhanational.org there's also nami national alliance on mental illness uh, some people have mentioned mad in america.com um, now if people want to get in touch with you i understand there's a website um for the um Recovery Revolution, and that's join the recoveryrevolution.com if they would. Yes. So um, the two ways to, to get a hold of me, um, mm-hmm. the easiest thing that I would prefer everyone to do would be to go uh, find me on Instagram, Instagram? at the recovery revolution. Okay. Um, that's the easiest. Uh, but I also have my personal website, which is coreyexists.com, which is mm-hmm. C-O-R-Y exists.com that's where you will find information on me um my recovery coaching as well as uh some free resources that i offer and then if you're interested if anyone listening out there is in a relationship or struggling with a loved one who is experiencing addiction substance abuse etc i do have a few different programs available online that are sort of uh, small virtual coaching programs that you can get to from jointherecoveryrevolution.com. Cool, cool, good, good, good deal. Um, well, thank you, thank you for being here today. I appreciate it, and it sounds like you, you've got a lot of good info that I know will um, will help people out there. So, um, so thank you, um, those of you at home or at work or 
driving home from work or wherever you may be. Uh, stay safe, everyone. Um, th th and again, um, Carlin, thank you for being here today. Thank you so and, much. Um, th stay safe, everyone, and um, talk with you next time. Uh, bye.